Are y'all boys ready to? I love that you're doing the venture. mic adjustment. Not only after we start recording, but immediately after the countdown. Like you knew it had to be done, and you waited. Yeah. It's always right, right in front of my face, right. So when I look at it, I'm just like, I probably should adjust this. Also. I'm going to edit this and I'm going to like start that talking and it's just going to be like, cause I'm like trying to fucking anyway. Um, we're back to that, uh, that solid 60 seconds of just bullshit at the beginning that Eric loves. It's my favorite part. The fans love it. They do. Uh, but anyway, are you, are you boys ready to, uh, venture into the dungeon? You're y'all ready to V into the D? I actually have no venture into the dungeon. Yeah, no, I don't think any of these cards are venture into the dungeon. I don't either, but the only reason I say that is because today we're talking about uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, again. Because that set is so good! Should we uh, should we introduce ourselves? That probably sounds like something we should probably do. We could. I am... Um, ah, fuck. I wish I was better. I was going to like try and rattle off a D&D character, but I don't know any of their names. Uh, but I'm Jules. I'm joined by... You are Julian the Wizard Man. He does wizardy things. I want it to be something cool. Right, I don't want to just be like. Oh, uh, if you want to be someone cool, true. you got to be Driz. Julian's pretty lame, so it makes sense that he'd want to be someone cool. Anyway, he's Julian. I'm Eric, and that other guy is Chev. It's true. We're here to travel the multiverse and level up our game and yours. I believe something adjacent to that, at least. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, those are facts. We're talking about AFR Adventures in the Forgotten Realms again, which is just, just such a fun set. So we decided we had to do a group brew about it. Jeff, who are we brewing around today? We're brewing around the notably not orc, Orcus, Prince of Undeath. So mad. Uh, from Julian, mad. Uh, and I At quote, Julian. one of the Rakdos legends that he has been most excited to see in, in years, really. It's one of the guys that I think was more likely to slip under the radar because it's not as big and flashy. It doesn't feature one of the, the big, big uh, mechanics from the set. So we're talking Orcus, Prince of Undeath, X2, Black Red, uh, Legendary Demon. Flying Trample 5-3, and it has, when Orcus Prince of Undeath enters the battlefield, choose one. Either each other creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn, you lose X life, or return up to X target creature cards with total mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. They gain haste until end of turn. So, it's a big boy that does big things. Love this dude. There's so many different paths that you can take immediately. You know, if you just look at the face of the card, it's like, all right, well... You have two options immediately, right? You can lean really hard into one, lean really hard into the other, do a split of both. We're not getting too crazy, but we're, 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 we're dipping our toes into more exciting waters. So, Brewers, what have you brought to the kitchen? Brewers Kitchen? I like it. Chev, I noticed that you don't have any many orcs in your no, deck. No, there is a surprising lack of orcs in my Orcus uh, deck. Instead, I decided to go with Demon Tribal. I'm not sure why I did that. Call me a little crazy. People forget that black is probably one of the best support colors for a tribal deck, especially with the reprint of Patriarch's Bidding in Modern Horizons 2, which was too much money for too long. Um, each player chooses creature type. Uh, each player returns all creature cards of a type chosen this way from the graveyard to the battlefield. You've also got things like Haunting Voyage from Call Time. So it made a lot of sense to kind of go in this direction. Plus, you don't see a lot of demon-centric decks. So my favorite thing was finding all these crazy demons, um, especially thanks to Kaldheim having one of the 10 realms be demon-focused. We got a lot of cool ones lower on the curve from there. A, a bunch of pieces that help, you know, standard uh, tribal stuff. And then a couple cool cards that I want to call out kind of as we continue, but I feel like we might see some repetition in those. 
But overall, play a lot of demons. Basically ignore Orcus's abilities. Like, they're cool and all, and you will do them. Uh, but we're here to play demons and bring hell to Earth. Chev, I, uh, I appreciate that after I gave that nice little introduction to Orcus, you were like, yeah... I'm just gonna beat face with him. That's, that's I see. It. I see a giant demon man with a, a cleaving. Um, I don't. I don't think I've even included Orcus's. What is it? Orcus's scythe or something? Oh, does he have yeah, an he equipment? Has an equipment. It creates zombies. I, it is the wand of Orcus. That doesn't look uh, like a wand. A wand. A wand. Uh, listen, Dang. it is. It is a famous D and D artifact. Don't oh, worry Orcus about it. Orcus is a real person. Eric, tell us about Orcus then. Uh, yeah, Orcus is uh, the demon lord of undeath. Uh, he's a pretty nasty customer. He is a statted creature, so you can, in fact, fight him. However, uh, unless you're pretty busted broken, you don't want to. Uh, and if you find his wand, simply don't touch it and leave. And and make that a problem for another adventuring party. It is a very cursed artifact, but in D&D, or in uh, MTG, it's much more tame. I don't know if any of us are running it, so... I don't think any of us are. Get into it. <laughs> I didn't know it existed. Yeah, no. All right, so it's a card. Speaking of cards, uh, I'm running some of those. And oh, I'm, you're running some cards? You no, know, Chep, Ooh, I'm fancy. playing some... Yeah, what... I'm, I'm playing some... I'm playing some demons, too. Julian, I actually was playing some demons, too. Top ten transitions on the channel. Uh, speaking of cards, I'm playing <laughs> some of those anyway. That's why, uh, that's why they call me. That's what they call me, why they call me. Uh, but anyway, so, Chev... Unlike you, I did decide that I wanted to lean heavily into one of Orcus's abilities. And I said, well, reanimating a bunch of dudes, that sounds really cool. If you do the math, you find out that the best value is you just want to pay X and get X one drops. Uh, because that's how that thing works with like, I don't know, it's like the total mana, whatever the thing, you know? So you want you want a bunch of one drops. And I was like, all right, well, what are, what are a bunch of one drops that I could get that are really good? Like, what if they just all were the same one drop? Then I just wouldn't have to worry about it. There's just one one drop to rule them all. And then I thought, oh, I can do that. You know, Orcus, he's like Eric was saying, he's he's a he's a god, he's a big bad dude. He's probably got some some devotaries, some apostles, you might say. So I'm playing a Shadowborn Apostles deck. I'm trying to reanimate a bunch of Shadowborn Apostles, and then find some demons, and then do whatever Chev's doing, but just with more steps and more convoluted and probably less good. I, I think more consistent though. Yeah due to the fact that you're you're going to find those Shadowborn Apostles pretty quickly, and you're going to be able to get them back, hopefully, pretty quickly. But it sounds like you're going to need some pretty big mana to... Baseline, you want to bring back six Shadowborn Apostles, right? Which puts Orcus firmly at 10-plus mana, if you're trying to bring back six. You are correct, and um, big mana is one of the categories that I've outlined in my notes, but it sounds like it's a, a frontal focus for your deck, so do you want to... You want to tell us what you're doing? Yeah, that certainly is. Uh, my my deck is... Uh, I, I built uh, the shell of a deck, and I'll probably finish it off later. Uh, my deck is called Thick Lads and Thicker Spells. It is an X-cost uh, deck themed around just dropping heavy, heavy stuff. Uh, it's got a couple cards from the most recent Commander set, a couple cards from the most recent set in AFR. I'm, I'm really excited to essentially have a showcase of this is how you build a gigantic burn deck, and... Uh, Get to play some of my favorite burn cards and burn adjacent cards. We like it. Word. Well, I think we identified that Orcus is an extremely mana-heavy commander, so why don't we start breaking down different categories that we've... I think we all have a big mana slot. So let's let's talk about if someone wants to build an Orcus deck, they're probably going to need to include some of these cards just to contend with that X factor. Um, no pun intended. I think the staple of any black deck that's trying to make a lot of mana is immediately... Cabal Coffers, Urborg, Tuma, Yawgmoth. I think that's mm -hmm. the first two cards you put into this deck. 
Cabal Stronghold is another good one. And then I've also thrown in Thespian Stage and Vesuva in order to have additional copies of those busted lands. And something else to keep in mind is uh, both, I think, Urborg and uh, Cabal Coffers have been reprinted like within the last year. Urborg reprinted in um, Time Spiral Remastered and Cabal Coffers in Modern Horizons 2 where it's down to like $20. So there's never been a... <laughs> 25 25 There's never been a better time to get into big black mana. Um, two cards that I want to highlight specifically are Manascape Refractor. It's a card that kind of gets passed over a lot, but it's done heavy work in my Toshiro deck. It's a three mana artifact, comes in tapped, but has all the activated abilities of all lands on the battlefield. So like Eric with the Thespian Stage and Vesuva for added copies of these fancy lands... Um, Manascape Refactor gives you another access to it. And and another card I saw in uh, Julian's deck, and I also included, was one that kind of probably slipped under the radar a little bit from last year's commander, and that's Netherborn Altar. It's an artifact for a black and one. Tap it to put a soul counter on Netherborn Altar. Put your commander into your hand from the command zone. Then you lose three life for each soul counter on Netherborn Altar. Now something... I, I'm sure a lot of you picked up on it instantly. It took me a little longer. Say you've played Orcus a couple times and you're, you're Julian, so you're on like 17 mana. That doesn't make sense uh, for Orcus because you have to bring back a bunch of Apostles. But you play Netherborn Altar. It's not tap and lose life equal to the amount you've cast it from the command zone. Your first one, they start piling up after Netherborn Altar is played. So, of course, you've played your commander a bunch of times in any deck that has black. Then you play Netherborn Altar, and it kind of resets your cycle of commander tax in a way. So, those are two ones I found super helpful, especially when we're talking mana, because something else to worry about is the commander tax getting higher and higher with each Orcus. The off-topic, but now I'm just thinking how I can play a Mardu deck and play, like, Solemnity or something so that I can abuse that and just not ever have to pay. Yeah. Ooh. I will say... One of the pitfalls of this big mana section is that a lot of these cards are relatively expensive, mm -hmm. but some other alternatives that you might just have lying around or are cheaper are uh, things like Cage Sun yep. is really good. Uh, things like Crypt Gas. Nirkana Revenant is just a, a, a larger Crypt Gas. Um, and then things like Extra Planar Lens and Mana Geyser are also very good um, ways to generate a bunch of mana, especially Mana Geyser if you're just trying to like slam jam your entire graveyard in one go. One thing that I've included, I don't know if the other boys have, is a bunch of rituals. Uh, so like just the traditional like uh, dark ritual, um, uh, cabal ritual, seething song, stuff like that. And those are good for just a big burst of mana if you need a, if you just need to get over a hump to, you know, cast Orcus for just a little bit more or uh, get just a little more mana to get over someone's life total or hit some big sort of transition point. Rituals aren't always good, but uh, in a deck like this, I think they can definitely make a difference when you've got an X cost commander. Definitely. Also, any ways that you can find to bounce Orcus, similar to Netherborn Altar, but there's also um Command Beacon, and then Erratic Portal is a, yeah. a card that I've come around on highly uh, recently, especially if you have anything that needs to like re-ETB. Those are all good ways to abuse Orcus. You know, make sure that you can actually afford that large X cost several times in a game. I feel like we've done a good job covering big mana and that, that big mana section really applies to any red black deck that wants big mana, but especially Orcus who, who pretty much needs it. Yeah. I mean, if people have been playing black, especially mono black for a while, they probably know a lot of those cards, but I think some of those are not as well known and also more relevant when you're not playing essentially a, a mono black deck. Yeah. This sort of falls into a different category, but is also it's part mana generation, 
part burn, which is something I'm probably going to go into later. Uh, Neheb the Eternal is an absolute ramp monster. Yes. Oh, in yeah. the first He's half disgusting. of your turn, you're, you throw a 20 damage fireball at someone. Neheb's like, that wasn't enough. Let me give you 20 mana back. Hit him again. Things can get pretty gross pretty quickly if you're spending your mana wisely in the first half of your main phase, or in your first main phase, so that Neheb can give you a huge refund in your second main phase. So if we're kind of working our way down the, the Orcus card, we've, we've covered, you know, it could cost a lot of mana. That brings us to the X. So Eric, why don't you tell us what we can do with other X-costed cards or cards that benefit from um, this X cost? For sure. There aren't a ton in Rakdos colors specifically. Yeah, it's more green, so, isn't it? Um, x yeah. things. Red has... Uh, there is one, one that was uh, just printed in Commander 2021, which is Elemental's Palette. Uh, three color... Or three of anything. Uh, whenever you cast a spell with X in its mana cost, put two charge counters on its palette. Uh, tap, add one mana of any color. So it's just a three mana rock that adds one mana of any color, which we've sort of accepted is on rate. And uh, then... The second ability is tap at a colorless for each charge counter on Elementalist Palette. Spend this mana only on costs that contain X. Notably, even if, if you cast Orcus just for four, no mana into the X, this gets two charge counters and becomes a two mana mana rock for your X spells immediately. That's awesome. And it will only go up from there. Uh, the thing that red can take advantage of with X spells is copying them. So... Once you've put 20 mana into a fireball, you can put 3 mana into a dual caster mage <laughs> and essentially get another 20 mana for free. Increasing Vengeance is a 2 mana copy where you can spend 5 mana to flash it back and it double copies something, which is Ooh. nuts. And then it seems like I am missing some of them. So uh, Reverberate is one that I know is good. Uh, anyone else got any off the top of their heads that are just good copy spells? Reverberate, dual cast, dual caster mage... Oh, dual cast. Uh, there's Fork. Good thing about Fork is, uh, as Oakley has explained in a previous episode, uh, any of these copies can be used to counter a spell. They're just generically good. Uh, the number of times I've seen Oakley behind in mana with a red deck, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to cast my Sky Shroud Claim and get even further ahead on the curve. And he just kind of slurps up his own copy of Sky Shroud Claim. Super versatile, but uh, they're also great endgame finishers with X spells. Uh, other X spells... I'm running in here. I'm just going to go through sort of the, the all-time classics. Exsanguinate gains you a ton of life, loses everyone a ton of life. Uh, Jaya's Immolating Inferno can hit up to three targets for only one X worth of cost. You know what has three targets? The number of other players at your table in all likelihood. Uh, Rakdos's Return. Not only is someone almost dead now, they have no cards in their hand. Yeah, that does make things worse. And then Torment of Hailfire objectively the best x cost burn spell i love those ones that like exsanguinate and there's a couple other ones that gain you life because if you're need to use orcus's first ability you know pull the pull the pull the safety plug you're going to be losing some life so uh, it's good that you can kind of recoup all that with all that mana you're generating i definitely thought of myself as casting orcus's first ability the most because in a burn deck like your creatures aren't really there to attack or block they're they're there to enhance your burn spells and so most of the time, I would much rather kill everyone's creatures than bring back my own. That is a cool little combo within the card of Orcus, is if you play him once and then he dies, the second time you play him, you can just recoup all that value you lost in the first time. Depending on the X. Yeah. Potentially. Uh, I know my curve's pretty low. Are you guys 
Are you guys demons not all like two mana? Is that not a thing? So, so going down the going down the the card a little bit, we get to the the creature type demon, um, which is of course what I jumped on. Now, luckily, so there was this kind of idea where each color uh, has kind of a signature creature. I think and the kind of thing that new players can jump on, and I believe in this space, angels were white and uh, demons were were black. And that's all well and good, but something that's struggled for both of these tribes is a lot of their curve starts very late in the game. So like we've seen with Angels getting cheaper and cheaper, especially with, I think, M20 had an Angels theme to it. Demons, particularly with Call Time, have gotten some great options at that lower cost. So my cost is relatively large. We are running the the Black Mana package. But some of the guys that might have gotten passed over uh, are Varagoth, Blood Sky Sire, who is a 2-3 with Death Touch for 3, um, and then he has the boast ability for a black and one target player searches their library for a card, shuffles their library and put it on top, which is just nuts. Um, having a tutor that just needs to attack and then you can run it is amazing and probably pays for itself this first time you use it. Another one is Tabarax, Hope's Demise, a 2-2 two, two for three with flying. And then it gets bigger uh, each time a creature uh, you control dies. And so then we kind of go up in cost um, to things like Burning Rune Demon or uh, Dread Caco Demon. And so you're probably running things like I've, I've probably highlighted when I talk about the Eldrazi deck, like Urza's Incubator and Herald's Horn, anything that kind of reduce the cost of these big, beefy creatures. Apart from that, you're going to try and get extra value, like the previously mentioned Patriarch's Bidding, which can bring them all back so you don't have to pay those obscene costs with Orcus again, because Orcus is... X probably doesn't play too friendly with your six and seven mana demons. Uh, and then, of course, Haunting Voyage, most recently from Call Time, that can return two to the battlefield or foretell seven, return all creatures of a given type to the battlefield. So that's that's really, you kind of got to cheat around a little bit when you're doing a demon tribal. Um, I, I, as I know, Julian took a slightly different approach to how to cheat out demons. Jeff, I got some demons too, but they're uh, a, little, a little different. Like I said, I'm running a Shadowborn Apostle deck, so for people who don't know Shadowborn Apostle, you can play as many of them as you want in your deck. Uh, you can pay a black and sacrifice six of them to search a demon out of your deck. Put it on the battlefield? Yeah, put okay. it right onto the battlefield. Super, super great. So, like I said, with Orcus, um, you can go and just easily reanimate a bunch of them and get another demon. I will say, while I was making the deck, I was thinking of, like, oh, well, shoot, I gotta, like, discard a bunch of cards and then, like, be able to reanimate them. And I was like, I could just, like, also just play them normally. And then like you know, I'll sack them and they'll die. And then I'll just get like a you know you know I I, I messed up there. But I've got some uh, I've got some uh, some spicy uh, some spicy picks. And I kind of went almost in a a combination of I'm milling slash drawing and discarding. So I'll just deny you resources too. So I've got good old sire of insanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, you know six six for six. That uh, at the end of every end step, everybody discards their hand. That's what we like. Yeah, it's fine because I'm tutoring out demons. Why? Why are you like this? <laughs> what? Yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> we've got a uh, Malfagor, uh, six six for six. Um, Demon Dragon, by the way, it's t- two creature, two cool creature yeah, but types. What do you do when he enters the battlefield? Discard your hand. Each opponent sacrifices a creature for each card discarded this way. So that's nice because if you aren't, if you're using Orcus to reanimate, this kind of will do the 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 cleaning up for you. And then now we've discarded a bunch of Shadowborn Apostles, theoretically, that we can reanimate. Burning Room Demon, like Chev said, that just, uh, you know, gets you a card. And then also, for us, probably puts a Shadowborn Apostle or something with flashback into our graveyard. Uh, Herald of Anguish is another demon uh, that makes everyone or makes your opponents discard a card at the end of your end step. 
two of my favorite ones in this deck is Nightmare Shepherd, which is one of those Ooh, cheaper yeah. cheaper demons. He is a uh, he's a four mana enchantment creature, and he says whenever a creature you control would die, uh, you can exile it and create a token copy of that. So Ooh. we put all our Shadowborn Apostles out, we sack them all, get a demon. Then we Orcus, reanimate them all, play Nightmare Shepherd, then sack them all to get another demon. And then when we sack them all, we exile them all to Nightmare Shepherd so that we immediately can get a third demon. We do like some Julian, demons. can I ask you out of curiosity, uh, if you're maybe thinking about exiling some of these Shadowborn Apostles, you're thinking you're going to be discarding a lot of them. Uh, how many are you planning to run? No idea. Um, <laughs> one thing I will say, one thing I will I say like for this deck is that... Highly theoretical? <laughs> <laughs> it's it i think the biggest problem for the deck at least that i'm trying to construct is it's it's a, a balancing act between i don't want it to just be a straight up shadowborn apostle deck because that's just too easy right and there are, are probably better shells to run for shadowborn apostles and you know i want to include a big mana package so that i can make sure that orcus can do his stuff i was thinking about like the self mill discard resource denial thing so i have you know a few cards like that so I feel like what I've dreamt up and what I have in the notes that, you know, uh, people can see is pulling in maybe a few too many different directions up at uh, at once. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I, I think if you're running a Shadowborn Apostles deck for real, I think you got to run like at least 20 or 25. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So how much can I do with the remaining 30-ish slots? Uh, hard to say. I feel like you might be better off kind of just, if you, if you want that resource denial, try a reanimation shell instead. Play like reanimate and that one from Popper that like both people get a creature that might be more efficient at bringing out the demons. But I am interested to see what 20, 20 Shadowborn plus of other bunch of other stuff does. I was originally thinking reanimation, but the thing is, the way Orcus works, yeah, right, is that like, doesn't actually give you a benefit. If I want to reanimate something huge, and if I'm playing Orcus, I want to I want to use Orcus, right. right? Like there are so many other commanders that I could play if I was just like I just want to like reanimate elish norn on turn two there's other there's other you know yeah yeah things to that cater themselves better to that character goes but, um, cheat and plug <laughs> yeah pr pretty much pretty much one more uh demon that i i wanted to plug um was rakdos the showstopper oh yeah because basically this this whole time uh, i've basically just been trying to think about yeah i'm really leaning to orcus's reanimate thing but how can i also just kill everyone's stuff um, how can I get that two for one? Uh, Rakdos the Showstopper. He is a uh, six six four six. That's pretty common. Flying Trample. When he enters the battlefield, flip a coin for each creature that isn't a demon, devil, or imp. Destroy each creature whose coin comes up tails. We're only gonna have demons, especially since we're sacking all our Shadowborn Apostles. So there it is. And then one one more note, because you know I just I just gotta get the double for the double. If you're playing Panharmonicon or Strionic Resonator, when Orcus comes in. You can get two triggers, and you can just choose choose both, and you can stack it so that you wipe everything, and then you reanimate. Yeah. So you have everything, and they don't have anything. That's a good point. You or definitely you could double pick reanimate. That's also you good. could double pick reanimate depending on the board state. You definitely want as many ways to kind of copy the abilities of Orcus as possible because it's a lot of effort to get the Prince of Undeath out there and it's going to be a large mana cost. So find every single way. I think there's, I think there's a couple cards from commander 21, but I could be, I could be thinking of the wrong one. Uh, well, rings of bright hearth would work for this too, right? It's whenever you activate an ability. Oh, so that's activated abilities. So that wouldn't work. You rings of bright hearth, your strionic resonator. Perfect. That's targeting Orcus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Eric, I will say though, the double reanimate, since Orcus, technically the things he reanimates gives them haste, I'm just imagining reanimating like 15 Shadowborn Apostles and just 
Get freaking <laughs> smacking somebody. That's when you play the coat of arms, and then now all of a sudden everything is a sixteen sixteen. Yeah, and you all die. Heck yeah, uh, Julian. One thing that I think an interesting small overlap our decks had is some some wheeling and dealing. Uh, more on the wheeling, less on the dealing end. Yeah, for real. I've got stuff like Dark Deal in here, uh, Magus of the Wheel. Uh, I did not include OG uh, <laughs> yeah. Wheel because no one should play that card until it is reprinted, which it won't ever be. I think OG Wheel, that's a Wheel of Fortune, uh, is yeah. like $1,000 or something. Yeah, it's on the reserve list because Wizards is yeah. smart. And then in addition to that, you can play things like Cataract Parasite whenever an opponent draws a card. If you control a red permanent, uh, you may have Cataract Parasite deal one damage to that player. Or Underworld Dreams. Uh, whenever an opponent draws a card, Underworld Dreams deals one damage to them. And so just in addition to making everyone discard all their stuff, uh, if they try and draw more, make them bleed. I, I definitely have some of those. I definitely got the Dark Deal, Wheel of Fate, a couple other spicy wheels that people might not know. Uh Corvath's Fury uh, for four and a red. This is a this is a battle bond one. For each player, choose friend or foe. Remember that mechanic? That was that was a good one. Uh, each friend discards all cards from their hand, then draws that many cards plus one. Uh, so we're wheeling, and maybe one of our friends is wheeling. And then uh, Corvath's Fury deals damage to each foe equal to the number of cards in their hand. Not optimum by any means, but a fun card. And then Collective Defiance, which is a personal favorite back from uh, Eldritch Moon. Uh, one red red. It's got Escalate one, which means that you can pay an additional one to choose each you know in a, another mode and then it says choose one or more the first one is target player discards all cards in their hand then draws them any cards plus one that's usually going to be us but we can also deal four time four damage to target creature and three to target opponent so um for those looking for substitute wheels uh, those are both fun and also very not monetarily expensive is the word i was looking for <laughs> reforge the soul is another one in a similar column it's still ten dollars mm-hmm. but it's not too bad um, that is a miracle wheel which uh i think is a really interesting space to be in and that does do sort of the OG wheel thing of draw you just up to seven. I think I should plug, since I, this is uh, in my self-mill uh, thing, is if you do want to go heavy reanimator with uh, with Orcus and do like that that self-mill thing, dredge cards. Yep. Golgari Thug, Stinkweed Imp. Or if you're just doing Orcus and you're like, you just want to reanimate a bunch of like one, two, three. You're not doing even Shadowborn Apostles. You just want like value creatures. Or you're doing an Aristocrats thing. Dredge cards, definitely the way to go. Kind of jumping off that dredge for a minute and going into some of the highlighted cards that might not kind of fit this demon theme we've been talking about. Something I've discovered, uh, as I'm sure a lot of other people have, thanks to Liquid Metal Torque and Liquid Metal Coding, throw out a little shenanigans, uh, which is one red mana sorcery, dredge one, uh, destroy target artifact. So you got this. You can play this each time you would draw a card. So, you know, you could even run that with a wheel or something and destroy so many things. That's pretty hot. Chev, do do those, are they, are they non-land permanent or permanent? Non-land permanent. Rats. You can't, you can't just blow up someone's lands one at a time. <laughs> I, well, I mean, not like I'm going to go after your, like, basic, you know, basics. Right, or something, right, yeah. But, you know, if I could shenanigans a guy's cradle, I'd do it. Cabal coffers, a lot of the lands we talked about at the start of this episode. Pr- pretty much all of every those are worth we talked about. destroying. destroying. Yeah. And and before we, we, we do get off demons, uh, one of the other ways to win, besides Orcus bringing you down to probably single digits life and then eking out victory, uh, would be Liliana's Contract, 
which is a one of the Ooh. only specific demon support cards. Two black and three. When it enters the battlefield, draw four cards and lose four life, which is solid. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control four more demons with different names, you win the game. So, amazing. You, you're going to be playing demons. You can play this. You win. Or, if you're playing things other than demons, I don't know why you would. But Conspiracy is also in black, which is makes all of your creatures uh, a given creature type. So, make everything demons, and then you just need to control four creatures and you win the game. Which is a little better than the Mortal Kombat of yore. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> It wins on name. Since we're talking about win conditions, I also had Liliana's contract because I'm playing Demon, so it's easy. But uh, I got Mortal Kombat in here, which is a, an enchantment for two black black. And it says, um, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 20 or more creatures in your graveyard, you win the game. And guess who's trying to sacrifice all their one ones? And who's got a lot of them? That's you. It's this guy. It uh, is. Yes, it's me. It's me. <laughs> nice. Well, on the topic of win conditions, I'll throw mine out there. Uh, on top of just... Hello, you are dead now. Uh, we have a couple ways to uh, increase that damage with uh, Angrath's Marauders and Obosh the Prey Piercer uh, and other things that just... You deal double damage now. Please die. Are you Oboshing as a companion? Because that's No, a, you can't. Absolutely Orcus, not. Orcus is even cost, so it's it's already impossible. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is, is Obosh sources that are odd deal double or is it just permanents that are odd it's sources that are odd the great news about that and i'm glad you mentioned it is that simply pay an odd x cost it cares about mana cost on the stack so if i torment of hailfire for 29 with the two black pips that puts it to 31 and uh torment of hailfire is a terrible example because it doesn't do damage <laughs> uh, if i fireball for uh let's say 14 and then uh, the one red pip puts it to 15. And so on the stack, it has a uh, mana value of 15, which is odd, which means doubled. Thank you for clarifying that because I was concerned things like, I believe, Exsanguinate and like Comet Storm are like even pip, you know, red, yeah. red, or black, black, X. So in the deck, they're an even converted mana cost. But yes. Okay. So that's good. Thank it's, you. For it's about. Like, if you have Obosh on the field in this deck, you just have to think about it and say, I should pay one less mana for this spell so that it's twice as good. Which doesn't make sense, but is cool. Uh, and then, because I am, uh, t to be frank, a hoe, uh, I have included uh, World Gorger Dragon, ooh, Anime Dead, ooh. Necromancy, and uh, a fun little addition to that loop is Kroxa, Titan of Death's Hunger. Yeah. I, I decided that Crooks is an honorary demon. Looks enough like a demon. And with Orcus is actually like okay to reanimate. Okay, so for those who don't know what World Gorger combo is, we'll go into that first. Uh, combo is have World Gorger Dragon in your graveyard. With this deck, uh, I'm planning to put in a couple of the graveyard tutors, uh, Entomb, stuff like that. Crooks is on the field. World Gorger Dragon's in the graveyard. You cast Animate Dead or Necromancy targeting World Gorger Dragon. World Gorger Dragon enters the battlefield. It exiles all other permanents you control. Uh, this, of course, means that Animate Dead or Necromancy leaves the field, which means that you must sacrifice World Gorger Dragon. World Gorger Dragon goes back to your graveyard. All your permanents come back in untapped, and uh, you would stack it so that uh, before Croaks' sacrifice comes up, the Animate Dead trigger or Necromancy trigger comes up, and you bring back World Gorger Dragon, relooping that. Before World Gorger Dragon sort of sets off the chain reaction, exiling everything again, you can tap all your mana, 
So you get infinite mana. Uh, your opponents have to discard infinite. Uh, I believe it is non. Uh, yes, infinite non-land cards or die. Um, and uh, you like get infinite ETBs and LTBs. Yeah, that seems pretty solid. Got you. So that is that is the win condition as opposed to having something like a blood artist or something on the field. Uh, yeah, correct. I like it. How much is World Gorger Dragon and Anime Dead? Uh, Anime Dead and Necromancy are super cheap. Uh, Anime Dead is $3.50. Necromancy, uh, Necromancy is actually much more expensive than I thought because you can cast it with Flash, so you can do this combo off turn. Necromancy is $14. And World Gorger Dragon is also $14. It's not bad, though. A little more expensive than I thought, but certainly not the top end of the budget for competitively viable combos. I'm looking to make a, a, a red-black X deck just because I want to use all these fancy promos I got, so maybe <laughs> I'll throw that combo in there. So it can actually win, as opposed to just me just being Dirtle. like, here's my Kroxa, here's an Inferno Titan, I hope I win. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a good plan, and I would strongly recommend... Uh, Taking a look at this deck and maybe taking some inspiration from it. When I was thinking about the reanimation thing, I was like, I know I want to do reanimation. And um, like Chev was saying, I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll just do like a straight up, just like play all the reanimation stuff. And I was thinking about that combo and I purposely did not include it because I was like, no, nah, we, we have our resident CDH man. He will he will cover it he, in great detail. He will cover it. We'll, we'll be good. It's a pretty weird to interact with combo because essentially at no point during the combo are you doing anything active or casting any spells other than that first animate dead. Everything is just ETBs, LTBs, things passively triggering. It's just all going on. Uh, it, it, there are no dies triggers anywhere in it, though. Uh, by the way, without Kroxa on the battlefield, I do need to cover this so that someone doesn't try and do this at their LGS and end up very, very sad. Uh, without Kroxa on the battlefield, you don't have a way to win during that loop unless you have an instant speed fireball style effect so you need another creature in your graveyard that you can target with animate dead or necromancy or you will lock the game and lose your friends <laughs> will not lose but not win you will lose your friends <laughs> yeah you will be asked politely to please leave the game store <laughs> You need something that you can do with that infinite mana at instant speed. You need a way to stop the combo and then proceed with the rest of your turn. Or you need something like something that triggers off ETBs or LTBs that will generate the damage. Like, I guess you could do like an impact tremors if you had that. Um, although I'm assuming that's probably not in the CDH versions. <laughs> Are there any other win conditions that you guys want to want to mention? Besides, obviously, Chev and I's main slash backup plan of just winning with flying six sixes yeah i don't think there's Any, anything, anything at least for me there's nothing that specifically wins there's probably like two more cards i want to highlight but yeah those are those are just fun ones what, what you got chev because I, th I think we've covered the staples and the strategies of the deck so now i think we can just muse a little bit more on orcus before we wrap this thing up okay yeah so so this is one that i discovered from champions of kamigawa and it's not an orc but it is an ogre and that's Bloodspeaker, a 4-mana 3-2 with, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may sacrifice Bloodspeaker. If you do, search your library for a demon card, reveal that card, and put it in your hand. Then shuffle your library. And that's not all. Whenever a demon comes into play under your control, return Bloodspeaker from your graveyard to your hand. So it's a little timing specific, but it's basically just a consistent access to a Diabolic Tutor for demons. Which, you know, Diabolic Tutor is still pretty good in any 
um, really non-competitive and probably, you know, most, most normal decks you're playing, you're never going to be upset. Uh, but Bloodspeaker comes in at $1.65, is a good way to get all of your fancy demons, and I cannot recommend it enough. The second card comes to you for uh, card draw in black, which there are a lot of great options. This one slipped under my radar. I believe it's from C21. Uh, Stinging Study. Do you guys, have you heard of this one? No. It's a no. five mana black instant. Um, you draw X cards and lose X life, where X is the mana value of a commander you own on the battlefield or in the command zone. And I, I had never heard of it. I, I'm kind of considering it for Toshiro. I don't think Toshiro makes the cut because Toshiro is three mana. So I'd be paying five to draw three. It is at instant speed and I could recur it, but I don't know if that's that's value I want. Um, but for something like Orcus, you're talking four, draw four cards, lose four life. It's still within the realm of possibility and you get to do it instantly. And of course, any other commander is probably going to benefit from a card like this. I deeply wish it didn't say on the battlefield or in the command zone, because as I mentioned earlier, your mana value on the stack is what you paid. Straight up. So, you get Orcus on the stack, going at like 10, and all of a sudden, throw another 5 mana out there. You got a full grit. We're not going to talk about the 10 life lost. Yeah, I, I realized looking at some of the cards I included, I was thinking like, oh, you know what great idea? Orcus. Right? You use that first trigger, give creatures my sex, my sex, you lose X life. And then Lorcan Warlock Collector, who is from the um, the Adventures in the Forgotten Realm decks. It's a 7 mana 6-6, six, six, and whenever a creature card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you may pay life equal to its mana value. If you do, put it onto the battlefield under your control. And I was like, this is an easy win con. It's a way to die uh, very quickly, <laughs> but you drop these two, do lose 5 life, kill everything with minus five minus five and then recur them you'll get down real low i i could see this as almost a way to play with kind of those life total shenanigans that i would do with the old selenia deck but it's it's very close to death yeah <laughs> unfortunately you don't have the white to be like all right just kidding i have i have life again yeah, i can i uh, forget all that yeah i think that's one of like the biggest and we didn't discuss it so i get i guess we're we're failing in our our group root duties but one of the biggest things when playing Orcus is you got to figure out. <laughs> Simply do not lose it. Just use other abilities or like spend that first ability and be like, I'm going to clear out everyone's mana dorks on like turn five. Yeah, it, it definitely the, the life life loss can get huge. What kind of not necessarily bothers me, but I, I know that a lot of uh, Adventures in Forgotten Realms cards played it a little safe. And I was looking at it, and I was thinking, you know, this this would be... I mean, it's it's a... Uh, what's the life-losing wrath? To deluge? Toxic, Toxic deluge. Toxic deluge. Toxic deluge. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty solid. But not only are you losing the X life, you also have to pay the X mana. <laughs> I'm just oh. feeling like, you know, one of these things probably could have been made a little, a little better. So Orcus is probably someone you're playing because you either want to find a really unique way to play him which i think we we tried to do with some more interesting takes than we might normally do with just Rakdos good stuff uh but it definitely makes you work for it i'm glad that they didn't break it mm -hmm. but you know it, it would be really nice if he was maybe like a like a three three or a, a four two or something and he only costs like black red x yeah i wonder i wonder how different it would feel without that two generic mana i feel like it would be I a think, lot more yeah, fun. Or, or even just or even just one mm -hmm. even just one generic mana might make the difference. I think a lot of people would be a little disappointed with Orcus as a creature, 
if they were like, oh, Orcus is a two-mana creature. He is, Fair. as I mentioned at the start, in lore, an absolute house. He is a terrifying monster in the mythos. And so mm-hmm. the same way a lot of people got really upset when Ludovic came out and they were like, this is this is it. This is the guy. He sucks. And so I think a lot of people would have felt that same way about Orcus, where they would have been like, This like this is what you did with like the Lord of Undeath, like this horrifying monster who has spawned so many D D campaigns. He's a two mana three three. Alright, what what about this, Eric? Because I was I was kind of workshopping this in my head and I think it would be awesome. We we take down the mana cost, or we keep the mana cost how it is, but we give people the ability to pay life for X. Ooh. Now That's that what I was thinking, Chef. sounds sick. I think that would be pretty sweet. Give you give you more access. You can play him a little bit faster, but you know you're making a deal with the devil on that one. Which I think I you kind of are a little bit with the cards like we talked about, Netherborn Altar, where you're kind of paying life to reduce the the mana cost. Or you could even go as far as Treasonous Ogre, uh, pay three life, get one red mana. That's that's not really a rate you want to keep going, especially if you're doing Orcus's first ability. But that could help you get Orcus out a little bit faster. Bro, I'm paying 39 life right now. Do it. Go big or go home. You, this is the last game of the night. We're here for 10 minutes. I want to see if I can wipe you out before then. If not, it's too bad. I'm going home. Actually, I had one one uh, recommendation for, for Julian I wanted to know. Uh, are you playing Thrumming Stone? No. I forgot about that card, but I should definitely. I'm going to put it it's in It's one right of now. those things. Like All of the abilities that care about having multiple copies of a creature or anything really stick in my head just because of how much we play EDH. Um, so it's, it's pretty awesome in a deck that you have multiple copies of the same card. Uh, not really good in anything else though. You know, what's real good at draining your wallet. That shit costs $50. Yes. Whoa. A cold, a cold snap rare that, um, hasn't made it back into anything. I wonder why maybe as commander takes dominance, it's just the right kind of card where magic players, those sick, twisted weirdos that they are. They're just like, Oh yeah, this is what I want to do. Oh boy. Yep. And I'm like, just, just cut it out. <laughs> Let me play my Orcus deck in peace. Pop it in the list. It can't be that hard. It's got to be better than putting like Fractured Power Stone or the uh, the enchantment that's you win the game if your library has 200 or more cards. That's on the God, list. That card. That's got a reprint. <laughs> Give us a All thrumming right. stone. I'm, I'm talking about other cards now Do because it. Jeff has upset me. I would be remiss in a, if in a burn deck I did not mention Crackle with Power. Uh, it's a new card from Strixhaven. Red, red. Very reasonable mana cost. Uh, triple X. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. This is a PG podcast. (laughs) Crackle with power deals five times X damage to each of up to X targets. So Crackle with power, you can just, for the cost of five mana, you can deal five damage to one target. That's good and limited. (laughs) That's on rate. That's a lava axe, right? However, as soon as you start getting into that stuff that you can get up to with big black mana, where, you know, maybe X is five and you deal 25 damage to five targets... X is 10, you deal 50 damage to 10 targets. Things are things are getting wild. But, again, you need a lot of mana for that. One way that you can sort of cheat this is with Torolf God of Fury, which gives your spells trample, essentially. <laughs> you know, you cast uh, Crackle with Power, X equals 5. Uh, you hit each player in the face, and then you hit some of their creatures with Torolf on the battlefield, and that damage kills their, you know, 1-1 mana dork, and then the rest of that 25 damage that would have gone there goes straight up to the dome. Or you can use it to mow down a row of creatures and just chain through them. Uh, Toroff is 
honestly pretty sick in this deck. As someone who has played Torolf in Brawl, there is nothing more satisfying than getting to basically chain spells and just nuke a board and just go all the way up and then throw like an extra four right in their face just like as an extra little bah, little, little disrespect except this time you're 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 taking like a lead pipe and hitting <laughs> the face a card that needs to be running more red decks just just forever until it, it's like a hundred dollars harsh mentor whenever an opponent activates an ability of an artifact creature or land on the battlefield that is not in a mana a mana ability two damage hey you want to activate your castle locked wayne boom here's some more damage Hey, tap that man. Hey, you want to activate your Golos? Boom, two damage. Just, it is so powerful, and it also shuts down just about any, like, creature-based infinite combo. And then, uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention, uh, in honor of Oakley, who sadly has the flu and so is missing out on this episode, Brash Taunter. It is gross, yeah. it is rude, and disgusting. Yeah, it gets pretty heinous. I think there was actually a card with uh, the Commander decks again that makes it even worse. I considered doing this, but I thought it would actually be too mean. If you give Brash Taunter Infect... I was I was specifically thinking of Fiend Lash, which is a new equipment for two. Equip cost three. Um, whenever equipped creature is dealt damage, it deals damage equal to its power to target player or planeswalker. That's... Although that doesn't, that doesn't really do what I Brash wanted Taunter. it to do. No. Um, Brash Taunter's a little boy. The... The way I've thought about it... Of course, you put it on the thing that it's swinging against, and uh, you got a whole lot more fun. Because you could just fight, hit for one, boom. I've looked at Fiend Lash before, and I, th I think it'd be very cool in a deck where, like, you have a huge commander and, like, a bunch of pingers, and you're essentially just, <laughs> like, slapping your own commander around, and it's just killing people. <laughs> I feel like we've made it through just about everything that uh, you would want in a deck like any of ours because i feel like we did a good job of diversifying this time i think uh the one thing that i want the listeners to tell us is what cards can i get with orcus uh his reanimation that are relatively cheap so that i can just immediately combo off like you could get kiki jiki something but that's like a lot of mana i want i want a, a cheap combo so let us know where by contacting us <laughs> where? where where what do we want now free money people listen to us exactly <laughs> yeah that that too uh yeah you can let us know by emailing us at hexdrinkers at gmail or by going to our social media pages that's uh twitter and instagram at hexdrinkers uh you can also go to our website where you can see this podcast uh, a bunch of articles that we've been working on um also video content etc 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 that's all on at hexdrinkers.com uh if you want to see the video content uh, live or again because you want to give us more views uh, you can go to youtube or twitch um, at hex drinkers and if you really like what you're doing and you want to toss a coin to your witchers uh, and support us you can go to patreon slash hex drinkers uh, and support us there for as little as one dollar an episode you'll get access to the full unedited version of this podcast uh you get access to all of our show notes so if you want to see you know kind of how we've broken everything down written it out and kind of explained our, our thought process during this whole group brew that's all in there as well as a bunch of other tasty stuff um and if you're you're really nice and you you know really love us you can uh, hit us up and we might even do a little little deck tech of one of your decks on the show we would love to especially if you have a hot orcus deck that we can kind of break down and take a peek at super so, fun really appreciate Anyone who wants to uh, support us over on Patreon slash Hex Drinkers. Boys, did I miss anything? Not 
Not anything. You're perfect as always, Julian. I think the only thing I missed is uh, our our one co-host. Rest in peace, Oak. Hopefully he feels better. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be feeling better soon. Uh, He was feeling slightly better this morning, but talking for an hour straight probably isn't the best thing for someone who's feeling under the weather. (laughs) Yeah, so he will be back next week when we bring another exciting topic. This has been Jules for Chev and Eric. We are the Hex Shrinkers, and we're signing out. (laughs) 